way less depressing than talking about censorship. (laughs) Welcome to the Librarians by the Sea podcast, where we share our love of a good book with you. I'm your host, Caroline Margolis. And I'm your co-host, Sarah Jardina. This podcast is presented by the Swampscott Public Library. Welcome back, everyone, to the Librarians by the Sea podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Margolis. And I'm your co-host, Sarah Jardina. You know, the script says, we exchange witty <laughs> greetings. i you clarified witty. I said, prepare for that. My best witticisms are ready to go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It just made me think of the trend from the early 2000s or mid-2000s where all the way protagonists had to be like the witty bad boy and their banter between the romance and it's like... Oh, yeah. Oh, all these authors thought they were funny. <laughs> Too bad. Anyway, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Not bad. My, I think I left my Woody at home. Oh, it's so early. <laughs> but, you know, it's nice that we're we're officially in July. We are. July is in full swing. How is summer reading going? It's going well. Strong start. Everyone be sure to check out our website if you want to sign up. Very exciting stuff happening. Cool kids read in the summer. Yes, they do. <laughs> Keep reading. And cool kids write it down in their logs. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? Are there, what's, what do people get for, uh, for doing summer reading? Well, for the YA program, if you sign up, you will get a like treasure, I'm calling it a treasure map because ocean themed, um, which will explain how you can get points. And you also get a book log so you can keep track of the books you're reading. And as you do that, you'll get seashell points, which you can exchange in the moment for like little candies and things like that. Or you can hold on to them because five seashell points equals one raffle ticket. And we have some pretty cool raffles happening in August. Oh, I love a good raffle. No, it's very exciting. We are three months out from SwampyCon. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Uh, people who don't know, SwampyCon is the new version of the Harry Potter Halloween party, which took place in 2019, which I thought 30 people would come to, and 300 people, in fact, came. And last year was our first annual SwampyCon, which is the Swamp Scott version of Comic-Con. And basically what we'll do is that we'll have lots of games. We encourage people to dress up as their favorite characters. We have things that are superhero themed, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but Star Wars themed, <laughs> and if I'm not allowed to say it, it is galaxy adventure themed. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> you never know with the mouse. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I built Quidditch Hoops, so we get a great game of Quidditch going, a certain uh, dark force using light uh, lightsaber wielding dark father dark, dark father <laughs> Darth Vader might show up and you might need to defeat him it's going to be a great time and we are 3 months out it'll be saturday october 15th and mark your calendars cuz we're going to start talking about it a lot yes we are push that promotional material now <laughs> it'll be a lot of fun though it was a lot of fun last year it was a ton of fun we're excited to see you all there now moving into our next segment what are we reading So I just finished up Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. And that was something that was always on my to read shelf. And I finally got around to it. And it is the, it was very heartbreaking as everybody says it is. 
And it's the story of Patroclus and how he meets and falls in love with Achilles from Greek mythology. Uh, and it's about their siege of Troy. And it's, it was, it was sad and it was very heartfelt, but I had a little bit of trouble getting into it. And I think it's partially because I knew I had to read it. And like, it was like something that I felt like I should read. And it's been that way for a long time. And finally getting around to reading it, it almost felt like a chore. Oh, yeah. Because I like had other things on like my Libby app because I I listened for long time listeners. Shockingly, I listened to the audiobook, and I forget who the, the narrator was, but he was fine. He did a good job. I recommend it, but you know, it just felt like a little bit of a chore and it was so hard to feel that way because I had listened to Cersei like two years ago. And that was, I loved that. That book was so good. And a lot of people say that Song of Achilles is better than Cersei. And I can see why they say that, but I think I just, I had a more enjoyable experience listening to Cersei than listening to Song of Achilles. Was it a problem of it being hyped up too much or? I think it was that. Yeah. yeah. I do that too, where it's like, you have to read this. And then it starts to feel like, oh, I have to read this. I don't know. I think if I had read it when either it first came out or if I didn't have anything else lined up to read right after it, I think I might've been able just to sit back and relax in it more. Plus I'm like really stressed right now. So like <laughs> I was listening to it, but also thinking about everything else going on. Right. <laughs> So it detracts a little bit. It did. It did. But I do recommend it. It is a very beautifully written book. It's, it's just the ending will devastate you. Did you know the story of Achilles and Patroclus (laughs) before you started reading? I guess I had never heard it before, but I did know what the book was about ahead of time. So I had an idea, but I didn't know how it was going to end. No, I mean, I figured everyone tells about how devastating it is. And I also know what happens to Achilles from Greek mythology, but it didn't necessarily follow the heel aspect of it. At least I don't think they ever brought it up in the book. Okay. Like, you know, like with the Achilles. Achilles, Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I mean, um, if I were to pick between Song of Achilles and Cersei, I'd probably pick Cersei. But I think most people pick Song of Achilles. Okay. I haven't read either, but I'll have them both in my list. And oh, I think you'd love Cersei. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you'd probably love both. I do like Greek mythology. It's very, it's very Greek mythology. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. That's all I need. <laughs> oh, uh, last night at like 10 PM, I finished Taste My Life Through Food by Stanley Tucci. And that was so good. I, shockingly, I listened to the audiobook, mm-hmm. and it's—I particularly like to listen to audiobooks when it's read by the author, and especially if it's like a famous person who already has a nice voice. And Stanley Tucci reading it was just so good, and he basically goes through um, his life and a lot of his experiences with food. Food has been like a big part of his life. He comes from like an Italian family and going through like family traditions and recipes passed on and recipes that he's learned over the years. And I learned about his life that I, I really didn't know about before. He does fly pretty under the radar, I feel like, for a lot of things. It was just a really nice glimpse into his life and all the food. I don't recommend listening to it when you get out of work starving every day, (laughs) but um, it makes you want to go and make some pasta. 
Oh, that's really cool. And then wonder what Stanley would say about the <laughs> pasta that you just made, whether he would tell you it was good or whether he would tell you it was trash. I'm sure he would love my $2 canned sauce. <laughs> no, I'm sure Stanley Tucci would be very polite about it. He's a very nice person. I would like to clarify, I meant jarred, not canned. I'm not that bad. <laughs> So there's nothing wrong with canned nothing stuff. whatsoever. My grandmother would yell at me, but there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Does um, your grandmother have any Italian, like, recipes? Yeah, both sides of my family are completely Italian. Mm-hmm. So they have a bunch of old handwritten things. My grandmother on my dad's side leaves ingredients out of those recipes, so we have to reverse engineer to figure out what is different. Oh. But uh, other than that, pretty cool. That was great. What are you reading, Sarah? I am listening to, a la Caroline, um, I'm Thinking of Ending Things by Ian Reid, which I had heard a lot about, but I didn't know what it was about. So I went into it kind of blind. I guess it's a psychological thriller. I'm not finished with it yet. I'm about two-ish hours in. It's definitely weird and slow and unnerving in a weird way. Um, On the jacket, they compared it to Under the Skin by, I think, Michael Faber is the author of that, which is another very unnerving, disturbing book. This one, I'm not really sure if I like it or not yet. So far, the plot seems to be this woman who I had to double check because I was like, did I miss this person's name? I just think they haven't mentioned it yet. I'll just call her young woman, the protagonist. Is it an unnamed protagonist? So far, yes. That drives me nuts. I know. I don't love it. But that's why I was like second guessing myself. It is in first person from her point of view. So I guess she wouldn't be saying her own name. Yeah. But anyway, she's in a car with her boyfriend of a month. And they're driving to his family's farm so she can meet his parents and have dinner with them. So the first uh, like one hour reading was just them in the car driving and having conversations mixed in with flashbacks as we get like pieces of her life and these chapters that I we don't know who's narrating. They're like italicized or different. I had to take the book out to see what it looks like. Yeah. It's confusing to me where they're talking about something that happened, a murder, I assume, because they're talking about bodies were found in the classroom. They couldn't believe he would do this. We don't know who he is. And we're getting like little pieces of a bigger story. It is, I don't think it's for everybody because it is very slow and we're not getting a lot yet. And I think at times it tries a little bit too hard to be like, oh, this philosophical, highbrow, weird book. Like they have these conversations where I'm like, ah, okay, we think about what they're actually saying. It's not anything Mm -hmm. necessarily new or interesting, but mixed in with all the other elements, it starts to get way more intriguing yeah so it's a slow burn it's a slow burn and i don't know where it's going necessarily yet because i'm only about a third a little bit over a third of the way through it's a short book so you can get through it quickly the worst part and by like the best worst part was she kept talking about the collar and this is another reason i checked the book out because for the first 15 minutes i thought she meant collar like dog collar yeah the way the narrator was pronouncing it but she meant collar on the phone oh Um, yeah so somebody keeps no spoilers but Somebody keeps calling her. This is all these like little unnerving. She doesn't know who this person is. And the narrator is does a pretty good job. And we get to the part with the caller and the voice she gives this person is so terrifying. And it's just weirdly, I don't know what it is about it. Maybe it's because I- Can you do it? No. <laughs> it's like- Is it like masculine or femi- feminine it, it, or- It is described as a man doing a feminine voice. And the narrator is a woman. Okay. So she's doing a man doing a woman's voice and it's like slow. And the things that he says are not anything like in particular. It's just weird. I don't know. There's something about it that just freaked me out. Maybe because I was listening to it at night <laughs> alone. 
So maybe that was, and the, the idea of somebody calling you and you don't know who they are. And there's more stuff to it that I don't want to give away. Who answers the phone when they don't know who's calling anymore? Thank you. And this is the point. My point is she, at one point, the person keeps calling and she doesn't want to tell anybody that some weird person is calling her. So, but she keeps lying and saying, it's your friend calling. And I'm like, why don't you just put your phone on silent? I'm sitting here fuming. <laughs> I was like, she's like, I can't. Now everyone's like, it's drawing attention to it. I'm like, well, girl, turn your phone off. What year is this? I don't know. They don't specify that either, but she has a cell phone. So I don't know. I think she might also have an answering machine. So that really throws me off when this is supposed to take place. Yeah. It's interesting. I recommend giving it a shot because it's not that long. So you're not going to invest a lot of time into it. And I feel like it's going to go somewhere, somewhere interesting. I just don't know yet. I can't wait. For you to tell me next week if it went somewhere interesting or not. I'll rant about it I'm on the way. edge of my seat. No, I'll rant about it either way. We'll see. Um, I'm also listening to, not listening, I'm rereading Steppenwolf by Hermann Hesse, who is one of my favorite classic authors. He's a German-Swiss author. He wrote in like the 1920s-ish. Um, highly recommend checking him out. I read Demian first, was the first book of his that I read. And then I got into all his other stuff. I have described it as local man decides he's a werewolf instead of seeking therapy. <laughs> Um, it's also like a very skilled look into loneliness and isolation, primarily through like, it seems like the protagonist is a very depressed, disinterested person mm. in like life in general. He's intentionally isolated himself, particularly because he's a misanthrope. He's not really interested in the lives of other people. And now in his fifties, he's really feeling the effects of that isolation. It's beautifully done. It's a very philosophical book. Also, ironically, I guess I picked both. The story starts with we get an introduction from this guy who lives with his aunt who uh, rents out apartment houses and stuff like that. So he found this manuscript left behind by a boarder named Harry Holler. And so we get an introduction. The story itself is an introduction into the book he left behind. Does that make sense? It's a story within a story. Okay. So the story that we read is Harry Holler's records, parentheses, for Mad Men only. And it's an explanation to his life. And it gets kind of mystical a little bit, maybe a little bit magical realism. I don't really know the way to describe it. I don't know. I'm trying to describe this in a way that doesn't give away too many spoilers. At one point, he's walking down the street and he sees on a brick wall a glowing sign that says magical theater for Mad Men only. But he can't get into, there's a door there. And the sign on the door on the wall, are not there the other night. They're there now. Mm-hmm. He can't open it. And he's walking away. He sees a man who gives him this, like, the way he describes it, it's like a little handmade book. I In my head, it was a zine. But I don't think they had those in the 20s. <laughs> and it's uh, the story of the Steppenwolf, which is a person who is part man, part wolf, the wolf of the steps, isolated, different from humanity it's a, another kind of slow book but it's the prose is so beautiful highly recommend i think people would like the stuff okay yeah that sounds good i'm not great at describing classics because <laughs> i feel like so many of them go outside of like the genres we're used to mm-hmm. like i wouldn't really call this magical realism even though it gets kind of into that realm mm-hmm. and if you read the summaries like on european the magical realism yeah that's what they describe it eastern mysticism mm. and like western philosophy or whatever because they're trying to sound like a particular type of just call it what it is i'll mm-hmm. figure it out but i recommend it it's very good when was it written do you know the 1920s okay. like 1927 maybe okay it's his 10th book so like some posts like world war one sort of yeah mm-hmm. it's a lot about like homesickness he does say the author has said it's his most um misunderstood book and there's yeah. the tr- the copy I have has an introduction in the beginning where it's basically like a lot of people take this to be a very sad, 
like hopeless book. And he's like, I really thought it was full of hope. I don't know why people misunderstand it so deeply. Okay. Yeah. I got to read it. It's interesting. The mm-hmm. prose really is beautiful. That's the highlight of it for me. And unlike the other one, which I feel like sometimes tries a little bit too hard to be philosophical, this one really nails the philosophical statements it makes. Mm-hmm. It's worth looking into. Okay. Awesome. And now everyone, normally we do library news, but since news is so bleak lately, <laughs> we decided to do something different. It is trivia with Janina. I'm going to put some fun music in here. Too. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hello, everybody. I'm Janina, and this is the trivia portion. And <laughs> these questions are literary in nature. And one of them actually includes literary reference and movie reference. So there's a mix of questions, and I've tried to make them guessable. Sarah and I are playing against each other, and when somebody knows the answer, they will slap down on this <laughs> this tub of Clorox wipes. Sorry if I check here. <laughs> and whoever's hand is down first, Janina will announce who it is. And if we get it right, we get a point. And if we don't get it right, we don't get a point and the other person gets the chance to answer it or pass. Shall we begin? We, we shall. shall. All right. Question number one. What Stephen King novel takes place at the Overlook Hotel? Sarah. The Shining. Correct. Question two. What dystopian novel by George Orwell told of life in a future totality? Say it. Totalitarian. Thank you. State dominated by Big Brother. Caroline. 1985. No, 1984. 1984. 1984. <laughs> that is fine. Correct. <laughs> That's the lesser written by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Sarah. Leonardo DiCaprio. Correct. Emily Bronte's Withering Heights recounts the tragic romance between which two lovers? Caroline. (laughs) (laughs) The look she just gave me, everybody. Like, I know this. I know this. Heathcliff and Sarah? (laughs) Ah! Heathcliff and Kathy. Oh, I would not. I don't. I haven't read that one. You gotta give Sarah the chance. I, oh, I didn't sorry. Know that one. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. I did know that one. Sniped it from me. All right. What is the name of Jane Austen's last unfinished novel? I'll give you a hint. There is a show about it. Caroline. Sand. Sand. Sanderson? No, Sandition? Sand. Oh, Close. it's Sand something. Castle. Sand Castle. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sanders? San, San, Sanders, right. Sandition San, is close. It's Sanditon. Sanditon. No, how did you not get Sanditon? I'll give myself a half. I know. I that. hate that because I called it Sandition for I don't know how many Wait, months. Wait, how do they say it? Sanditon. Yeah, it's really weird. I know, right? <laughs> okay. Who wrote Rip Van Winkle? What on earth is Rip Van Winkle? <laughs> it's like an American folktale that I can't remember the name of the author now. Oh, Sarah <laughs> almost hit the Clorox wipes. <laughs> oh no. I keep thinking William Kellen. I don't think you wrote anything. 
Sun. No. Okay, it's Washington Irving. Uh, I didn't know that. From Sleepy Hollow. All right. Next question: A Dance with Dragons, the fifth book of a Song of Ice and Fire series, was authored by whom? Caroline George R. R. Martin. Correct. In which state do Mark Twain's characters Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn live? Sarah. Is it Mississippi? Close. Oh. There is a miss in it. Oh, I do know. But you have a chance. Wait, which state? Yep. And there's a miss in it? Yep. Missouri? Correct. Okay. I would have said Mississippi, too. Given the context. What poet wrote the following lines? Two roads diverged in a wood, and I took the one less traveled by. Sarah. Robert Frost. Correct. And the last question. What is the subtitle of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? <gasps> yes, Caroline. I think it's a proto protozo. No, it's uh it's, it's- it's not Pygmalion. It's, no. Uh, it's the god uh, who got his liver picked out. Oh, oh. what's his face? Uh, Promethe- oh, a Promethean novel? A Promethean story? Close. Stop that in my nose. <laughs> <laughs> it is a modern Prometheus. A modern Prometheus. Oh. I would just like to note for our listeners that I love how Caroline aggressively hits the Clorox bottle <laughs> and Sarah just goes lightly tapping it. No, you got to basically smack the Clorox <laughs> off the chair in this high-tech podcast. Uh, so who won? <laughs> who kept track? Um, nobody. I don't, I did. I think you guys are actually pretty split because yeah. you guys got, you're just saying that. No, I would never. <laughs> We're all winners here. We are all winners here. I will record in short time the winner of the podcast as I'm editing here. This is Editing Caroline here with the results. I have three and a half points and Sarah squeaked out a win with four points. And there were three questions that we did not get. <laughs> Yay. Thank you, everybody. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. How did you do? Were you keeping score for yourself? Don't lie in the comments. We'll know. (laughs) Thank you, Janina. Thank you, Janina. You're welcome. All right. I think that was fun. That was great. It was way less depressing than talking about censorship. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're going to go into library events. Sarah, would you like to start us off? I would love to. So, are you a fan of board games? Do you need more people to play with? Are your friends not interested in the very obscure things that you are? Well, you're in luck because we have Board Game Club Wednesday, July 14th at 5 p.m. here at the library. So you can come, bring your own games, partake in the games that we have, join with other people, have fun. That was a way better thing than what I would have done. (laughs) I would have been like, we have got Board Game Club Wednesday on Show up. We got travel. <laughs> no, they're a good crew. They're a good crew. They're very fun people. We also have yoga with Tracy Walsh. That's Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Anybody is welcome. All levels of experience. She'll be leading a class. I know I had the rare occasion of working Wednesday night this week, and there was a, like two new people that came. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So if you're new, come on down. It's free. And it's really nice. Tracy has like a, she has like a really soothing voice. She does. She's like one of those people that's like, you are 
definitely meant to be a yoga teacher. Yes. Very zen. Mm -hmm. Now that the month is kicking off, I'm going to do a rundown of the book groups that we have. All right. And for book groups this month, we have themed reads on. This is editing Caroline popping back in because themed reads has been changed. It is going to be Monday the 11th at 4 p.m. in person. And this month we are doing biography and nonfiction, and they are every second Tuesday of the month. Next, we have Cookbook Club, which is doing Americana, so anything from the Southwest. And that is Tuesday, July 19th at 6 p.m., and we do that every third Tuesday of the month. And both themed reads and cookbook groups are run by me, yours truly, Caroline. So you definitely want to show up for that. And then next we have the Nonfictioneers, which is a nonfiction book group. And that'll be Thursday, July 21st at 6 p.m. over Zoom. And their theme is Oceans. And that is every third Thursday. And lastly, we have uh, popular book titles, which is Where the Crawdads Sing. And that'll be Tuesday, July 6th, and then choose, I'm sorry, Tuesday, July 26th, and that'll be at 7 p.m. in person, and it's the last Tuesday of every month, so it can be the fourth Tuesday or the fifth Tuesday, because it's always the last Tuesday, and then next month will be Dinner Detectives on the first Tuesday in August, and I believe it is red, white, and blue themed. And you can find those books in the Raymond room. Lovely. Lovely. <laughs> Showing all of them. And Sarah, what's going on with the teens? Always fun stuff with the teens. Uh, so on July 13th at 1 p.m., we're going to have a tie-dye party. So come to the library with something white and cotton to dye. You can pre-wash it. It helps the color set better. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. We also have the Kinsey Knights are meeting again. The third official meeting will be July 28th at 4 p.m. That is our teen LGBTQIA group. Anybody is welcome. Come into the library and find Sarah. That's me. Also have another meeting of the Anime Club at 726. Wow. <laughs> we have another meeting of the Anime Club. That's going to be July 26th at 3 p.m. We watch new anime, we try out new snacks and crafts, and we all talk about our favorite shows and characters. And this month, we're going to be watching the second episode of Another, which is a horror anime that I have described as if Final Destination was an anime. So if you're interested in that, come check it out. And in slightly younger news, the children's room has a lot going on this summer. So we have a continuation of Messy Mondays and Weekly Wednesdays. And that's at... 10 a.m. on Mondays and Wednesdays. And if you were at the last Wiggly Wednesday, you had yours truly reading a book to kids. Oh, that must have been fun. It was very evident that I don't normally read out <laughs> loud and nor do I have children. Well, we're circulating. <laughs> and then coming up, we have Songs of the Sea with Philip Alexander. I believe this is the second performance. <laughs> the first one was the Song of the Earth. And that will be at 6 p.m. on the 12th. It'll be outside. Bring your blankets and your chairs. Yes. And we also have another round of the Rubber Duck Hunt. That will be on July 27th at 10 a.m. Is it just like a scavenger hunt with ducks? I think it is just a scavenger hunt with ducks okay. for kids. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It'll be really cute. So come and find these little rubber ducks. And that wraps us up here at the Librarians by the Sea podcast. Don't forget to read your books. And kiss your ducks goodnight. night. <laughs>